I want you to open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12. And um, I just want you to know this, that Pastor Lindsay and I, we get to spend the rest of our lives giving it away. This is, this is our unique assignment, that we get to give our lives away. And this is what we believe we're called to. Uh, this is what we believe a life of generosity actually looks like, because generosity includes more than just time, talent, and treasure. It also includes your testimony. Somebody say, my testimony. Revelation chapter 12 talks about this, and because uh, God doesn't just want us to use our life, he wants us to use our voice, amen? And this is what this verse says, verse 11, it says, they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Somebody say testimony. First Peter chapter 3 verse 15 says, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always, somebody say always, be ready to explain it. One more verse, it's not going to be up on the screen, but I want to read this one over you, Philemon it's only one chapter, but verse six, it says this, as you share your faith with others, as you share your faith with others, I pray they may come to know all the blessings Christ has given us. For the next few moments, I want to teach from this topic. There's more to your story. There's more to your story. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your good story, for your good news, for your gospel. But Father, I thank you how you're going to use these stories that are in this room to change the city. I pray that in Jesus' name, and everybody said real loud, amen. How far somebody on the way to your seat and say words? Say words. Words. According to the verses we just read, there is supernatural power in your story. How? Because your words matter. Your words carry weight. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, words can bring death or life. Talk too much and you will eat everything you say. Words. Your words matter. So much so that according to scripture, we are called to be witnesses for Jesus. We are called to use our words to declare his wonders and the works of his hands. Words. Somebody say words. The Bible even clearly declares that the Holy Spirit gives us, gives us power for the express purpose of being his witnesses. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. You know it's power because Peter went from denying Jesus three times to preaching Jesus after he received the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say power. As a result of this power to be a witness for Jesus, 3,000 people get saved. As a follower of Jesus, there's nothing more rewarding than to invite someone else to follow your God. Words simply as a result of sharing your story. He gives us the power to be bold witnesses, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to share our faith. Your words matter, but what is equally important is this. Your story matters. Your story matters. The testimony of what God has done in your life is intended to be shared with others. Why? Because God doesn't change your life just for you. He uses your story to continue to change lives. It is our story that helps us and his spirit that empowers us to help win the lost people in this world back to him. Somebody say stories. God wants us to be living witnesses for him. Why? Because something powerful happens when you share what God has done in your life. There is more to your story. Second Timothy chapter one, verse eight says, never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Never be ashamed. Your story is an original 
and only you can share it. But if you don't share this story, it is lost forever. I've told people this before, and I truly do believe it. I believe the richest place in the world is not a bank. It is not Fort Knox. It is not cryptocurrency. I believe the richest place in the world is the graveyard because it is in the graveyard where stories have died. It is time for us to tell our story, to talk about the goodness of our God. What God has done in your life was not meant for you to keep it to yourself. So today we want to help you, we want to teach you, to show you and encourage you how to simply share your faith. And here's the good news if you're nervous. Here's the good news. You don't have to be a scholar to tell your story. You don't have to be a theologian to tell your story. Guess what? You don't even have to be a pastor to tell your story. You don't have to be saved for a long time to talk about your faith. You don't have to know Genesis to Revelation. You don't have to know the whole Bible. You don't have to know a lot of scripture to tell your story. All you need to know is Jesus and look for opportunities to do so. Somebody say story. Because people may never come to your church. They may never come to our church. But they may come to know our God because of your story. Matthew chapter 13 verses 34 and 35 in the message translation say this. All Jesus did that day was tell stories, a long storytelling afternoon. His storytelling fulfilled this prophecy. I will open my mouth and tell stories. I will bring out into the open things hidden since the world's first day. God is such a, he's such a storyteller. He loves stories so much that he, he wrote a book and it's called the Bible. Somebody say the Bible. And the Bible is not just a, 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 a book of stories. It is a, it's literally a library of stories. It's full of of moments of goodness of what God has done in our life. See, the Bible is not filled with just stories of, of what he did in other people's lives. The Bible is filled with stories of examples of what God wants to do in your life. When we read our Bible, we read it as imagination or fantasy, and we need to read it as possibility. There are stories in the Bible that God wants to fulfill in your life. The Bible is a book of testimonies that show what God has done, what he will do, what he can do, how he moves, and what he wants to do in and through your life. Somebody say stories. See, when we share our story, we participate in the Great Commission, which says this in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Go and preach the good news to everyone in this world. It doesn't mean go and be a preacher. It means go and proclaim the good news of Jesus. Go and tell somebody about how how a sinless man, how God came into human form, lived a perfect life, and died for us. It is that simple. Go and proclaim the good news to everyone in the world. He tells us to share our faith. This is not known as a great suggestion. This is known as the Great Commission. This actually is a commandment. And we can't just celebrate it in here. We must be living it out there. Because if you, if you haven't noticed, people are living a story. They're living an a imagination, if you will. They're living what they believe is to be their true story. But if they don't have adequate representations of the truth if in our lives, then they will believe whatever fiction they read. Jesus told stories, and he called these stories parables. Somebody say parables. What are parables? Parables are stories to live by stories to live by. It's a short story told to bring out a lesson or a moral. It's using things that are known to bring out the unknown. Your story is God's modern day parable and you didn't even know it. God is using your life to continue to talk about the goodness of who he is. We just sang about it. In fact, your story may sound something like this. There once was a man crippled by fear and doubt, but God. 
There once was a man bound by addiction, but God. There once was a man bound by depression, but God. There once was a man blind with ambition, but God. There once was a woman who was bound, but now she is free. That is your story. That's how all our stories start. My story sounds a little bit like this. I used to live a life of promiscuity, but God. I used to drink alcohol, but God. I used to be in an environment that wasn't conducive for faith, but God. That's how all of our stories start, because in every story there is a but God. The best part about Jesus being a storyteller is that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he wrote your story. He's writing your story, and he can change your story no matter what page of life you currently find yourself on. But it's one thing to know the story. It's another to know the author. I said, it's one thing to know the story. It's, one to, it's another to know the author. And many of us know the stories of God, but we don't know the author of God. Somebody say stories. See, if we want to make an impact in our world, we don't need to share stats. We need to share stories. Some of us were more quickly to, you know, share a stat. But what would happen if we started share, sharing our stories? And if you're going to share your story, why not share a good story? Why not share a God story? Why not share the best story? Why not share the greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told? Somebody say testimony. See, whether you know it or not, God has done something in your life, and that is called a testimony. What's a testimony, Pastor, Pastor Will? It's when your story becomes God's story. When your story becomes God's story. It's when you, are share, when, when you share your faith with others of what God has done and is doing in your life. It's being a witness to God's greatness. It's when your story becomes God's story. Deuteronomy 19.15 says this, One witness is not enough to convict anyone accused of any crime or offense they have committed. A matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. This is the reason why we should tell our story because the more witnesses we have, the more proof we have, and we establish the truth of who Jesus is. You have to be a witness. Not only that, so as witnesses, we testify to the truth. We bear witness that Jesus isn't a way, that he is the way, that he is not a truth, that he is the truth, that he's not a way of life, that he is the life. Somebody say stories. There's more to your story. This is a simple and effective way for you to share the good news of Jesus. And it doesn't have to be something deep or profound. It just needs to be, this is who I used to be, but this is who I am, and this is who I'm becoming. But God. Revelation 19.10 says this, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The word testimony in the Bible is also translated as this, meaning do it again. Do it again. Somebody say do it again. Matter of fact, I need you to wake up. Look at your neighbor and say to them, say it to them like they just, like you wish they would. Like, do it again. Just do it again. I just gave the parents an opportunity to pop their kid. Do it, do it again. You know when parents keep their teeth together? Do it again. <laughs> this is one of the main reasons why the devil wants you to keep your mouth closed. Because when you testify, you also prophesy. When you testify, you also prophesy. When you tell your story, you're saying, God, do it again. God, do it again. You're saying, I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe you'll do it again. When you say God has healed you, you release the faith for God to heal someone else. When, when you say God has set you free, you release the belief for God to do it again. Somebody say, do it again. Now, I'm not talking about naming it and claiming it. 
I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm communicating. I'm talking about testifying and prophesying over your life. I'm talking about faith talk and belief in God's word, which says this in Romans 4, 17, the one who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. When you testify, you prophesy. See, God doesn't heal you for you. He heals you so you can tell others about his miracle working power. God set you free so that the testimony of your family would be, and they serve the God of their fathers. When we read that in the Old Testament, that's not just there by coincidence. That, is, that should be the legacy of Christians. That should be the legacy of believers. And your children's children serve the God of their fathers. Somebody say, do it again. Here's the issue. If we stop telling our stories, you stop expecting miracles. If we stop expecting miracles, we'll never see them happen. I wonder why that's why we haven't seen signs and wonders. Maybe it's because we stopped telling our story. There's more to your story. So I want to ask you this. How will people know the goodness of your God if you don't tell them about him? Let's personalize it. How will your family know the goodness of your God if you never tell them about him? It's stories. That's what this life is all about, stories. That's what we do. Do you, do you, do you guys understand the irony in what we believe it doesn't make sense. It's, it's, it's a crazy story, but it's a beautiful story. And it's a true story. How do I know it's a true story? Because it's true for me. It happened to me. He, he is with me. He set me free. Somebody say your story. Reading the Bible is good, but showing them the Bible is even better. People should see our God when they watch your life. See, you're always telling your story, and we have a biblical mandate to do so, to go and tell the good news of Jesus, as we read earlier. But your testimony is when your story becomes God's story. The gospel is the story of God fixing what he did not break. That's the whole entirety of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. At the end, he finally fixes what he did not break, and your life is a picture of the same thing. He fixes what he did not break. And that's the same for us. And just like Jesus told stories when we give our lives to him, guess what you become? A storyteller for God. So write this down. Please write this down. The story you tell will determine the life that you live. The story that you tell will determine the life that you live. We believe your mindset, the words you speak, the things you confess, the narratives you tell many times create the world that you live in. And that can be even said this way. You frame your world with your words. Everything you speak, you start shaping a a perspective, a narrative of what your life looks like. And no matter who you are, where you are or what you are currently doing, you are always telling a story. I wonder what story are you telling? I wonder what story are you telling yourself? Here's another reason why the devil wants to keep you quiet. It's not just a generation he wants to keep quiet. He wants to keep the believer. He would love if the whole, the entirety of God's kingdom, his house, his bride, his church could stay quiet. He doesn't want you to tell anybody about how far you've come, about your past. The reason he wants people to think you were born perfect, that you just woke up like this, is because the devil knows there is supernatural power in your story. He knows that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The devil loves it when you stay quiet about something that God did in your life. And he loves it even more when we give him credit for things he never even did. Stories. And the devil may not be able to make you sin, but he can make you silent. 
And if you stay quiet, if you stay quiet long enough, they stay enslaved and they never hear about how good our God is. Somebody say stories. Write this down. Our life should always be louder than our lips. Our lives should always be louder than our lips. First Thessalonians 1.8 in the message says this. The word has gotten around. Your lives are echoing the master's word. The news of your faith in God is out. We don't even have to say anything anymore. You're the message. Look at your neighbor. Say, you're the message. Come on, look at your other neighbor. Say it like you mean it. Say, you're the message. I want to ask you this. Is your message clearly communicating that Jesus is Lord? What story are you telling? You're the walking testimony. You're the walking Bible. You're the walking miracle. You're the walking deliverance. We get to be the expression of heaven on earth. There is more to your story. Remember, you're always telling one. See, because without a test, there's no testimony. Some of you have been through some mess. Without a mess, there's no message. You have to tell your story. You have to communicate to people, it was like this, but it's not like that anymore. I want you to know that you will go through something, and some of you, you've been through some stuff, but our life is a testament of someone who brought us through. That's what the Bible is. The Old and the New Testament are not just covenants between us and God. They are documented, confirmed by history, eyewitness accounts, and testimonies of the greatness of our God. If you need any more proof, you should read your Bible. Never doubt the power of your story, for it is God's story. And here's why you need to know this, because people can argue the Bible. In fact, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let you know, people will argue the Bible. They cannot argue your story. They will argue you down, whether this is a contradiction here, if this didn't make sense here. So many other writers wrote it. How do they know, how do they know it's canon, that it's, it's infallible? They will argue the Bible, but they cannot argue your story. They cannot deny your experience. They cannot persuade you out of what you are convinced is true. One of the most effective ways of sharing Jesus with others is talking about how he transformed your life. And here's the good news. They may not like it. They may not agree with it. They may even think you're lying and that you made it up. But at the end of the day, it happened and they can't do anything about it. Somebody say stories. Lastly, if you're not dead, God's not done. We sang it earlier. If you're not dead, God's not done. If you're not done living, God hasn't stopped writing. He's still writing your book. Your story isn't over. See, Jesus didn't die so we could fill a building. Jesus died so that we could tell a story to fill heaven. He didn't want us to just grow this church. He wanted us to grow heaven. He wanted us to tell our story so that once you get to heaven, there will be people that you meet that will say, I never met you, but I'm here because you told your story. I'm here because somebody decided to be brave enough to post their story on Facebook, to share their story with Dothan First, to share their story at their life group. Because you shared your story, they shared their faith. They were like, I want to give Jesus my heart. I want to give him my life. See, the church isn't a place. It's a story. Let me tell you about a place where I got set free. It's a story. Let me tell you about a place where I found my purpose. It was a story. Let me tell you about a place where I, got, where I got connected in a life group. Let me tell you about a place where I found my spouse. It's a story. Let me tell you about a place where my kids were healed. Let me tell you about a place where my body was healed. Let me tell you about a place where my marriage was restored. Let me tell you about a place where I became free. Let me tell you about a place where I got called into ministry. The church is not a building. It's a story. Somebody say stories. This is not my church. This is my story. We said it earlier. 
but one chapter in your life does not define your story. And that is one of the main reasons people don't share their testimony, because they are waiting until their testimony is complete. They're waiting until their testimony is finished. But hear me, we don't just celebrate what God is doing at the end. We celebrate what God is doing in the process. That's called worship. It's called praise. Because if you're not dead, God's not done. And you have to celebrate you have to celebrate that you're not who you used to be and you need to praise God in the process for who you're becoming. There's, there's more to your story. And still others won't share their testimony because they feel it's too personal or it's too soon. Pastor Will, I can't, I, I can't tell them about the thoughts that I've had. I, I can't tell them about what happened to me when I was a child. I can't tell them about what my dad did and what my mom said. I can't. T- it's, it's too personal. I, I, I just, I can't. All that means is that you have yet to come to the revelation that the old things have passed away and behold that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. There is more to your story. The reason I can talk about how wild and crazy I used to be <laughs> is because that's not me anymore. I can go around my friends and they can talk about who I used to be, but that's not me anymore. I could go back to my hometown. I could be around my family members and they'd be like, yeah, Will, I remember when you were blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's not who I am anymore. And I don't feel any type of way about it because they are, they are connected to my history, not my destiny. It doesn't mean I don't want them with me. It just means they don't know the part of the story that I'm currently in. Somebody say stories. I'm such a new creation in Christ that I remember who I was, but I don't identify with him anymore. This is my story, but this story isn't about me. It's not about you. Your story involves you, but it, it's not about you. Your life will pivot tremendously when you understand this paradigm. Even though it is your life, you are not living it for you. I started out this message by telling you, I get I get to spend the rest of my life giving it away. When I, came to that, when I came to that realization that this life wasn't about me anymore, it changed everything. It changed everything. So why do you tell your story as I'm closing? How do you tell your story? I'm going to give you four practical steps to tell your story. Number one, be prepared. Somebody say prepared. Come on, somebody say prepared. Go write your story down. Just go write it down. Document it. We believe in journaling. That's why we tell, we tell our students to take notes because we want them to journal about good times when God, about moments in their life when God was good. And we also want them to journal about when, when times weren't so good. Because when they go back and read it, they still see his faithfulness. Write your story down. Matter of fact, not only write it down and being prepared, I would encourage you to practice it. Write it down, go look in the mirror and rehearse it. I got one better. If you're married, share it with your spouse. Some of you never even told your spouse your story. I encourage you, husbands and wives, when you go home today, ask your spouse on the drive home at lunch, how'd you come to know Jesus? Did you just grow up in church? What happened? What, what happened when the moment when you made the decision, the revelation came to you that Jesus is who he said he is? Write it down. Then pray for opportunities to share it. Number two, make it plain. Somebody say plain. Hear me closely. Don't tell all of your story. You don't have to share all of your story. Because some of y'all, y'all can go order, you can go, go to Starbucks or Mural City, and you're going to shop local, by the way. You can go to Mural City, and you'll get you a cup of coffee. And they'll be like, hey, how you doing today? Girl, let me tell you. 
You're just going to tell them everything. Don't tell them all your story. Make it plain. Not boring, just simple. Don't share everything. Matter of fact, share a pain. Share a struggle. And don't focus on the past. Focus on the present and the future. Sometimes when we tell our story, all we get a chance to do is glorify the past. Man, I was out here wild in these streets. You should have saw me back in my heyday. And then you talk, you just, you remember these memories, you memorize all your memories so well. And then when it, time, when it gets time to talk about the present and the future, all you just, but God's good. You spend three seconds on God is good. You spent 30 minutes on your past. I'm pretty sure your present's better than your past. Somebody say stories. Make it practical. Give them a next step. Number three, be present. Somebody say present. What do I mean by this? Remember to listen to the person after you share your story. See, we think just because we get to share our story, you're, you're hoping that when you share your story, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to give my life to Jesus right now. That story was amazing. Wow, so good. What do I got to do? That's not how that works. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Listen to their story. I guarantee, I guarantee you, Try, try it on Monday. Try it on Monday. And don't even start with your story. Go to your coworker. Hey, Bob. I don't know if any of y'all got some coworkers named Bob. Hey, Bob. Tell me your story. Tell me about your marriage. Tell me about your life. I saw that scar on your elbow. How'd you, how'd you get that? Just, just be nice. But be present. Not only that, when you listen to their story, this is what people really want to do. They want to know if they can trust you with their pain. If I tell you my story, are you going to tell somebody else? They're looking for safety, not judgment. Believers, did you hear me? They're looking for safety, not judgment. They will look for answers, just not yet. Just listen to their story. Number four, somebody say, be patient. Say, be patient. Leave it in God's hands. When we share our story, make sure God gets the glory. Be patient. When you share your story, then again, take your time. This may take weeks. This may take months. This may take years. If you don't believe me, ask some of these parents with prodigal sons. They've watched them grow up from adolescence to adulthood, and they're waiting on the day when that son comes back through those doors and say, Mom and Dad, you were right. They're, sti they're still sowing seeds. They're still sowing tears. They're still praying, but they're still telling their story. Somebody say stories. How selfish of us to hear the gospel every single week over and over and over again. And so many people have never heard it for the first time. How selfish of us. I want you to take a moment right now and just close your eyes right where you are. And I want you to think about your life before God. Some of you, you got saved at a very early age, six, seven years old, five years old. That's awesome. But I want you to think, try to think back to that moment. Some of you, this is your testimony. You've been serving God for 40 plus years, which is amazing. 50 plus years, 60. That is awesome. But I want you to try to think of the time before you trusted God, just for a moment. I know some of you, you're ashamed of it. You're probably asking, how dare he make us remember what I want to forget? But just for a second, because the beginning is what you have been set free from. So just think about it. 
Now I want you to take a moment and think about when Jesus became real. The moment you decided in your heart, you know what? I, I, need, to, I need to follow God. I need to follow this Jesus that I've been hearing about. And you, the moment you gave your life to him and ask God in this moment to restore to you the joy of his salvation. Right now in this moment, just, just let him restore the joy of that moment when he changed your life. Some of you, you haven't thought about this since the day it happened. Now I want you to take a second and think about your life with God, your present and your future, that you get to spend an eternity in heaven, that you get to spend your forever with your father, that you get to be around your family and those closest to you. If you've led and reflected your story of Jesus, you get to spend the rest of your life serving the God that, that changes stories, that writes stories. You get to spend the rest of your life with the author and the finisher of your faith. And right where you are, you may even just want to worship God for a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This is why you should tell your story. So you can tell people what your life was like before God, what it was like now that you received Christ, and what your future looks like. You have a story to tell. There is more to your story. Somebody say story. You look at me. Luke chapter 8 says this, after Jesus healed a man, he said, return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. I want to tell you that this, that, that sentence right there, that's the message that changes cities. That's the message that shakes nations. That if we would just go and tell everybody about somebody that can save anybody, go back to your home and tell everybody about what God has done for you. I declare over you that you're going to go and proclaim all the good news about who God is in the Dothan and Wiregrass area, in your schools, at your job. You're about to proclaim the goodness of God over our city, in our homes, everywhere. Why are we going to do this? First John chapter 5, verse 10. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe that don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. People can talk a whole lot about Christianity. People can talk a whole lot about our church. People can talk a whole lot about your pastors, but they can't tell your story. Because this story of what God did in my life is true. I am evidence that God is real. If you, don't need a, if you don't need an example of another miracle, I am evidence that God is real. I am evidence that God is good. I am evidence that God is still doing miracles. In a place, I am standing in a place where I should not be. I know God is good. I am convinced that this is true. I want you to be convinced of the same thing. I want to read these verses over you. Psalm 78, 2 and 4 says, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. I said, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of our Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. You got to tell your story. I want to ask you, are you ready to share your faith? Are you ready to live your life in a way that's not just about you? 
Is there anyone that's going that's going to be in heaven because of your story? Is there anybody that's going to spend an eternity with Jesus because of your story? I'm going to ask you with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're ready to make that decision, I want you to raise your right hand because this isn't a salvation call. This is you saying, I'm willing to tell my story. If you're in this room, you say, Pastor Will, I'm committed to this. I want to tell my story. Believers, uh, maybe even people that you haven't even served in the Lord that long. If you want to make that decision to tell your story, I want you to raise your right hand right now. And I want you to repeat this after me. Come on, let's say this together. I promise to tell the truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. To tell no, tri- to tell no lies. I promise to keep it real. To hold nothing back. And to share the real me. I promise to tell the truth. Even if it exposes a part of me. Nobody has ever seen before. I promise to not let my past, my pride, my shame, my fear, or doubt keep me from being real with God and being honest with myself. This, I promise, is my real story. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise for those of you who are going to tell your story.